podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 3 of Hannah Montana. It's called You Are So Suable to Me, and I am joined today for the hundredth time by my dear friend, Alana Feynman. Hi. Hey, hello. (laughs) First season two appearance. (laughs) Baby. (laughs) So this episode, (laughs) I'm sensing a pattern with season two for me, um, where just looking at like what the thumbnail and little one sentence description is on Disney plus isn't really bringing anything back for me. But then as soon as I watch it, I'm like, Oh yeah, these are like the lines that I like said all the time, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, And, and this was another one of those where it's like, okay, I definitely remember teen court, but I don't remember anything else based off what they've given me. But then of course, once it kicks off, it all comes flooding back and it's, It's another one of those situations for me where I can't tell if I've figured out what's going to happen because I'm smart and I can like see through the plot or if I just am really vaguely remembering it from 15 years ago. (laughs) So (laughs) I think for this particular one, this one was pretty predictable. Um, Yeah. No like crazy twist, which... Not really. (laughs) The plot of it was kind of nice. There was a way where this could have ended, like I know previous episodes where we were like, everyone was wrong and they behaved poorly, but I thought that everyone got the comeuppance that they deserved in this one. Like it felt like it wrapped up pretty nicely. Yeah. I, uh, I think the villain of this episode is Miley (laughs) and I think everyone else is fine. Yeah, and she's correctly identified as that, actually. Yeah, yeah. as soon as I realized that she was going to get punished for her actions, I was like, good. She needs to learn a lesson. Yeah, she was really the worst in this one. She was really terrible. And I mean, it's kind of a product of the world we live in and the the time that the, that this was set that she became a villain in this particular plot, but... <laughs> But I still, it still drove me a little nuts <laughs> watching it. I was I like, agree. oh, I, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate where this is going. Um, so yeah, to get into it, <laughs> we open with like boys throwing food into each other's mouths. And Miley <laughs> from the <laughs> jump is just, she says she can't believe that those boys are the same species as Justin Timberlake. Which I can. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird choice of comparison, you know? Yeah. There are plenty of, like, nice boy celebrities to choose from. For some reason, the only name I had was, like, George Clooney. That feels like, compared to teenage boys, like, George Clooney is the one that's, like, weird that you would be in the same species. But that was just the first name I came up with. Yeah. I... I, I guess think that I is a better know. comparison. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because, like, at the time of this, Justin Timberlake was, I think, still in his 20s. And, like, I, I think this was, like, around the time that, like, Sexy Back was happening. So, granted, this was during, like, the Justin Timberlake Renaissance era. Yeah. Um, however, 
like if you're thinking what's the opposite of these like messy teenage boys but is still like a man yeah somebody like george clooney would be like a more natural choice like very refined and mature yeah and smooth i haven't said about george clooney in like years (laughs) i don't know why now (laughs) george clooney was on something that i watched last night i don't want to mention what it is because it's embarrassing (laughs) Good for him. <laughs> Congratulations to him. I'm glad he's finally making it in the biz. I mean, it was... Oh, okay. This is so stupid. When So I... <laughs> I have to add so many caveats to this. I'm going to just end up cutting this. I, I take edibles to help me sleep at night. Strong opening. I... I they, they've literally changed my life. I'm a well-rested person now. But I take edibles to help me sleep. And before I go to sleep, while I feel them kick in, I like to watch the show Friends, which is a bad show. But it's very fun to watch when you're super high. (laughs) And George Clooney's ER character made an appearance on an episode of Friends I watched last night. So there you go. I think that's way less embarrassing than you were thinking. All of that tracks for me. I have been open about this on Twitter. So I don't know why I'm suddenly embarrassed for it to be on my (laughs) podcast. Um. I guess because most of the people that listen to my podcast don't follow me on Twitter, so I could kind of, like, pretend I was cool. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a fine thing that a cool person would do. You're taking care of yourself. (laughs) You're doing what you need to do in order to get a proper night's sleep. (laughs) I think that's And And it's fully legal (laughs) where I live. (laughs) Drugs are cool. They are cool. (laughs) Take it from me, kids. Drugs are cool. (laughs) i only take very low dose weed gummies okay i don't even like eat cookies or like chocolates i like only have like the tiny gummies (laughs) like they're my vitamins (laughs) yeah that's a really cool amount of drugs to take (laughs) i also take ones that are like specifically for to help you sleep. They have like this thing called CBN in them, anyway. And uh, no, I believe you. <laughs> I know you believe me. Why would I lie? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Everybody, say thank you to Alana for thinking of George Clooney for no reason, so that we could have this. <laughs> we are oh six God. minutes into the episode. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, we're not even on like we, 30 we got, seconds. <laughs> this was the first line of the episode. <laughs> Whew. Literally the first word spoken. Um <laughs> but so <laughs> Lily <laughs> is eating like a giant plate of spaghetti for lunch, which like I Who made that. I noticed that both of their helpings of spaghetti were much larger than I think like a school issued lunch would serve. No, they're not like at Olive Garden where like no. the portions are massive. <laughs> they're at <laughs> presumably a public high school. Yeah, they are not family here. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> We like have to start over. We like have to. No. <laughs> I like can't 
sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Lily, Lily's eating spaghetti. And it's really messy. And, <laughs> and Miley says that she should act more like a girl. Uh, it's problematic from the start. Yeah, you should act like a girl and just not eat. Um, great message. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, eating disorders are not funny. That was not a joke. <laughs> that, was, that was the serious implication of what was said, though. Um, in, in Miley's defense, I think the focus was more on the fact that she was, like, shoveling more in her mouth before she had, like, finished chewing and swallowing. So it was, like, yes. overflowing out of her mouth. I think that was the emphasis. And not, like, yes. don't eat, but... Yes. The the sun But it's a slippery gym. slope is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's a fine line between like eat like a girl and be on a diet or don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Eat like especially, a girl because girls don't eat, yeah. Especially no, in like two thousand seven or whatever this was. Yeah, when being like ultra thin was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we keep getting derailed here. I mean, that's a valid thing to talk about, though. It was a real issue at the time. Yeah. And then, so, right after Miley says that she should act more like a girl, Lily, like, jumps into the game that the guys are playing and, like, tosses food into one of their mouths or something. Uh, Amber and Ashley show up. This is our first time seeing them this season. They refer to Lily as Shaq, which I thought was funny. I thought that was funny, too. And uh Burn, honestly. Ash- <laughs> Ashley calls her Mako, meaning to say macho, but she didn't know how it was pronounced. Uh and then they like make fun of Lily for not knowing how to be a girl. And Miley's like, they're right, you don't know how to be a girl. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> this it's is such bullshit from the jump. <laughs> It's a very, like, hyper-specific thing. It feels like they were almost, like, listening to Miley's conversation and then piggybacked off of that. Like, that's not just a thing that two people would naturally think at once, you know? It's too hyper Well, the implication here, what, what, what the show is trying to sell us is that Lily is just so unfeminine that every girl is like, hey, what's up with that girl who's not acting like a girl? Like, that's what they're trying to get us to believe. And I'm just like, I don't know. She looks like a girl to me. Yeah. Um, I saw a girl. <laughs> she uses girl pronouns. <laughs> yeah. Wearing what she's comfortable with, hanging out with her male friends, you know? Yeah. I really, I really don't see the issue. And this is, this is like, it's, it's one of those where just like from the jump of the plot, it's like, I'm not buying this. Like, no. this is just, this just doesn't need to be a conversation. No. But so Lily, they like then start talking about this dance that's coming up and Lily doesn't have a date, but Miley isn't going because she has a Hannah concert. And I'm like, oh, so Lily just isn't invited to this concert. <laughs> She's yeah, only at not. all of them except this one. Um, <laughs> well, Miley was really hellbent from the beginning on like getting Lily laid, you know? She's like, we're yeah. going to get you a date. You were going to be dating boys and that's that's the path for you. Which... I'm I'm a little confused by it because Miley's not dating anyone. Is she like waiting for Jake Ryan? Like why? Like if Miley knows all these secrets to how to pull in guys, which like she later makes over Lily and like it works. She like gets a lot of attention from boys. 
then why doesn't Miley dress like that all the time? Because like she has expressed interest in the past for a boyfriend. She talks about cute boys. So I'm like, well, why isn't she practicing what she's like forcing Lily to do? And I, I guess the plausible answer is like she's waiting for Jake Ryan to come back. But I don't I don't know because I haven't rewatched those episodes where he does come back yet. And I haven't seen if she's like, oh, I was waiting for you or not. <laughs> so Yeah, I had exactly the same thought of like, if you're so great at it, why do you not have boyfriends all the time? But I guess being Hannah does complicate it. It doesn't have to. Like, um, But like, you know, she would have to lie all the time and that gets exhausting. I get why... You know, you know, I, mm, I, I'm trying to think back throughout season one. I think because there was the guy that she went to the Hannah concert with, which was a disaster. There was Corbin Blue in the first episode, and there was Jake Ryan. There wasn't anyone else, was there? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, based off that evidence. I can see how the Hannah thing could get in the way. Although it didn't stop her from going after Jake Ryan. Yeah, but I think there was maybe that caveat of like, he's also a star. If he were to know the secret, it would maybe mm-hmm. surprise him less, you know? Yeah, I... Like his celebrity is... made him like a unique choice. Yeah, I I don't know. See, the thing is, like, this isn't actually important to this episode. This is just a question we have. True. And I'm, like, scrambling for explanations. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is Miley only started having an issue with lying when she was trying to sell that perfume. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. the only time we've seen her have problems with lying. Otherwise, she lies all the time. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I wonder if we'll see any other boys in Miley's life before we get to the Jake Ryan Returns episodes. Yeah. In any case. Well, God <laughs> to her, you know? Yeah. There's <laughs> looking at you, kid. <laughs> so then uh, they're still talking about the dance, and Sarah comes up, and she mentions Gabe Lamotti, a.k.a. Hottie Lamotti, with a swimmer's, swimmer's body. body. Yeah. <laughs> and... I guess he and Sarah are going to the dance together and Sarah kind of like doesn't believe Miley and Lily's explanations about the dance. And she like, is like, well, there will be other dances unless global warming kills all of us before that. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) love seeing that from 15 years ago. Definitely (laughs) hasn't gotten more urgent or anything. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, the prophet of our generation. Sarah and Jake Ryan, both of them have done that. Yes, that's true. Jesus. (laughs) The conspiracy continues. (laughs) Uh, So Lily then says, point blank, that she's a failure as a girl for not having a date to this dance. Which is a big jump from what we were just seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, it's so not true. Like, <laughs> you can't judge your worth as a person on other people, especially when you're that young. Like, I, I don't think, yeah, I didn't take a date to a dance until I was, like, going to my senior prom And even then, I just, like, went with someone I was friends with. Like, and I wasn't less of a girl. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, it's just so stupid. And it's so wildly negatively reinforced because if Miley were a good friend, she'd be like, no, you're fantastic as you are and everybody likes you. But if you feel like there's something that you want to change, let's work together and let's change it. And instead, Miley goes, you're right. And you failed as a woman. (laughs) And let's change everything about you now because you're correct. Yeah, because Miley, again, notably, has, like, a great track record with guys being into her. I just, ugh. And, and it's, like, a really nasty message to send to the viewer that, like, if you aren't acting like a girl, whatever the fuck that means, then you must, like, not be a real girl or whatever. Like, that's so shitty. And it's like really bad, yeah. This This episode is just, like gender stereotypes gender stereotypes if you are not adhering to our strict gender code like get fucked like that's basically what it's saying and granted it comes around at the end but so much of this episode is about hammering in like lily doesn't sit like a girl she doesn't eat like a girl she doesn't talk like a girl and i'm just like what does it mean to do any of those things like a girl it means to fall in line. Like, I just, I, I hate it. I hate this kind of bullshit. <laughs> it's also really problematic in the way that it, like, because when Lily is being so wildly unfeminine, she's hanging out with her male platonic friends. Mm-hmm. And it reinforces the idea that, like, you can't have just, like, platonic friends of the opposite gender. Because then yeah. Miley does this whole makeover. And then as soon as they see her, they, like, objectify the shit out of her. And she walks in the hallway and they hit on her so bad. And they're, mm-hmm. like, they, it takes them a while to realize that it's, like, still the same friend. But it's not the same. And they do not hang out anymore after that. Um, yeah. It's 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 upsetting. Um, yeah. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the intro yet. Um, <laughs> that's how messed up this is. Miley like takes Lily's hat off and like forces her to sit up straight and is like you gotta you gotta be more like a girl and then this guy Matt comes over and apparently Lily has been into him for a very long time and he asks her to go to the dance with her which Miley takes credit for and I'm like well you didn't he was still walking over here when you were like in the act of like pushing her around yeah you <laughs> like, did nothing but tear her down emotionally <laughs> Yeah, and and it's it's not because you took her hat off that he came over to talk to her, uh, but in any case, and then and then so he asked her the dance. Miley's like, "See, I'm good." And then we cut to best of both worlds, and then the next thing we get is Miley is saying that she's going to take Lily shopping so that she can go from skate chick to date chick, and okay, uh- <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, but thumbs up my <laughs> opinions and feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but she's she's like meeting up with Lily down at the surf shack, and her and like a bunch of boys are watching this show called Teen Court, and it's on a very old television. It's on like a TV that like doesn't look like it has a remote. It's so old. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a TV it, like, that dials been, on it. It should have been playing like ESPN. Like it should have just been like playing a sports game. You know, that's the kind of TV it was. That's the vibe I was getting. <laughs> but so we we get a little taste of Teen Court, which is where two teens that are having a dispute go on this show. The judge rules in favor of one of them, and then the one who loses gets food dumped on them. 
And in this episode, it is oatmeal all over this teen boy. Uh, Miley, <laughs> yeah, goes <laughs> up for five minutes to get oatmeal dumped on him, and then that's it. It's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Miley, I, I forget if she actually says this, but she like heavily implies that the fact that Lily is enjoying watching this means that she's not being enough of a girl. And it's like she's watching a TV show. Yeah, she's, she's watching TV she's show. She's just watching TV. With It just happens to be that there's like a crowd of teenage boys there at the shack, you know, which again, her friends, I assume she's allowed to have them. Yeah. I, do you think the subtext of this is maybe that Miley is jealous that Lily has other friends and she's trying to get Lily to like only be interested in the things she's interested in. You know, I buy that because who are It's like from insecurity. Yeah, she has Oliver. She's Roxy. (laughs) (laughs) Roxy who they pay to be her friend. (laughs) Do you think Miley ever calls up Roxy and he's like, hey Roxy, do you want to get ice cream together just to chat? She has Tracy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but when she does that, she has to wear a wig. <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then, like, Miley's like, hey, look over there. And Matt is getting, he's, like, not even talking to Amber and Ashley. He is getting talked to by Amber and Ashley. He's, like, not oh really God. an active participant in the oh conversation. <laughs> yeah. Alana texted me about this scene as it was happening. <laughs> um, would you like to address it? Oh, my God. Okay. So <laughs> they're on the beach. They look over. And, yeah, poor Matthew <laughs> is just standing while Amber and Ashley, who I assume have never paid any attention to this gentleman before. I don't know how they would Probably have not. paths. Um, and Ashley is like, wow, that skateboard makes you look so viral, which is weird. And then Amber's like, um, because like Ashley's new thing this season is that she's dumb as shit um, and she doesn't know words. Um, so Amber's like, I think that you mean viral. And then Ashley is like, whatever. I just know that it's like makes you so hot, which let's let's talk about this. <laughs> so... <laughs> so when i watched this scene and ashley said that skateboard is so viral or whatever i thought she was referring to the as of 2007 new way of referring to things as being viral meaning that they're going viral meaning a lot of people are paying attention to it it didn't really make sense, but I was like, oh, that must be what she's talking about. Like, there must be, like, a skateboarding trend on the internet or something, and that's what she's referring to. And then Amber says, you mean viral. And it was, I was like, what? That makes even less sense. <laughs> well, so I, like, Googled the definition just to make sure that I was, like, following the same right. like, choice <laughs> of words. And it very much means, like, commenting on someone's strong sex drive. Which is, like, hey, already a pretty, like, high SAT word to be using in this show for children. It's, like, a weird choice for Ashley to be trying to call him already. Um, And I can't remember if I said A or one, but B or two. (laughs) Um, This episode is so horny. 
we've got Hadi Lamani with a swimmer's body. We have got like, you know, the skateboard makes you so it's so clear that you have such a strong sex drive because of the skateboard. I I also think that like the use of that word is very often used to like refer to like sperm count. fertility. Yeah. yeah. To like sperm count. She's like, wow, that skateboard makes you look like you got really strong sperm. <laughs> Just like that skateboard makes it look like you That's were a normal a thing to like- say to a classmate. <laughs> And then later on, when Lily has her transformation, and then all of her friends are like, damn, where'd you come from? Like, Hotsylvania or whatever. <laughs> like, it's like a horny as fuck episode in like a, like a upsetting, like extremely sexual way, <laughs> like overtly sexual. Yeah. I, the choice to have a 14 or 15 year old girl. Say to a 14 or 15 year old boy that you look really virile. I'm not even saying it right. Vera. <laughs> I, I want to know who, who wrote that line and what they were thinking. Like what their thought man, process. I can guarantee you. <laughs> this was an episode written by men and boy, boy, can you tell. <laughs> Guys, uh. What are teen girls into? Uh, really strict gender roles and super high sperm counts. Um, <laughs> you look like you could put a baby in me. That's skateboard. They're high school freshmen. They're like two weeks into their freshman year. Let them be children, please. <laughs> Christ. It's so upsetting. Oh <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> Okay, so skipping over the B plot for a moment to get to the next A plot scene, uh, they we like cut immediately to Miley and Lily entering school after Miley has done this makeover for Lily, and they enter and like the reaction both from me and like the studio audience was like, whoa. <laughs> Like, it is wild. It uh, is wild. And I mean, she looks great. I don't think she needed any of it. <laughs> well, but, no, yeah. Um, the shoes were overkill. I The shoes were definitely overkill. However, I really liked them. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> I buy like, that. I mean, considering the shoes that people tend to wear on this show, I think they were, like, a pretty sleek little pair of shoes. Uh, so, Lily... She's wearing, like, a knee-length denim skirt, which would be weird if not for how, I guess, Miley styled it. Uh, She's wearing, like, a long, kind of loose-fitting pink halter top. I think it was a halter top. You couldn't see any straps from the back, which is why I thought it was a halter top. Yeah. Uh, The shoes are these, like, very tall wedge sandals, but they have, like, the sort of like laces where like you tie them around your ankles um or not your ankles like the top part of your ankle the bottom of your leg <laughs> yeah, like a, almost like a gladiator sandal type but not yeah, really. yeah 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 uh she's got like a brown leather bag she has these like very large pink tinted sunglasses uh her hair is all blown out she's got like big hoop earrings and like some necklaces she does look really great, and she really looks like she would, like, fit in with the it girls of the mid-2000s. 
however, again, it's just overkill for like a day at school. And especially considering what we know Lily's style to be, it is such a departure for what she's comfortable in. And I, again, was like, this isn't how Miley dresses herself. No. (laughs) Miley is still dressed like normal Miley with like her little like tie front bolero and like jeans with like a skirt over it so like <laughs> yeah and it does like what gives it does make lily look 21 instead of 14 and that's like an issue yeah it's it's not ideal yeah <laughs> that's for sure it would get me dress coded so fast if i walked into my public high school looking like that like that that would get me sent to the office immediately yeah you're not allowed to wear halter tops in no. high school <laughs> um but so the the like crowd of guys who were the guys that Lily was like joshing around with earlier are immediately into her and they call her like new girl. And one does ask if she came from hot Sylvania, which I've never heard that phrase before. That's not even a good pun. Like no. <laughs> not even good. And and yeah, like we mentioned earlier, the guys are all very surprised that it's Lily. Uh and and I'm just like I, it's in my notes like four times. I'm like, if Miley knows how to get guys, <laughs> then why isn't she trying to get guys? Right? <laughs> why is she forcing Lily to adhere to this when even she won't do it and she's more traditionally like girly than Lily is? All right. Like, like she's pushing Lily beyond where Miley's boundaries are. So I, it just seems like not very good friend behavior. I get that Miley had like good intentions. And, and also the reason for doing this was that because they saw Matt talking to Amber and Ashley, Miley was like, sure, he asked you out, but like he could always change his mind and go with like somebody else who's more girly. Which That's toxic <laughs> as hell. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah, um, instead of being like, instead of being like, Lily, I'm sure it's not a big deal. You know, he asked you out for a reason. He must like you for how you are. She's like, um, he's talking to girls and they're hotter than you. So we got to do something so that you can keep your man, which the idea of keeping a man is already really gross <laughs> and like is foisted upon women every fucking day when it's not our responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And Lily is even like, hey, he already asked me out. Like, what's going to change in the next three days? Like, Lily was fine with it and everything would have been fine. But Miley had to continue to like needle you know, yeah. and then to be like, you're wrong in your security, you know, you should be insecure about this. Yeah, yeah, it's really rude. Um, So Miley, they like then go over to where Matt is and uh, Lily like starts talking to him. And Miley has like, for some reason, told Lily to speak in like this weird low voice, which I guess is supposed to sound like sexy, but like. Lily doesn't know how to do that because she's a child. So she just talks in like a deep voice. And this is where I was like, okay, I remember what like the twist at the end is or not real twist, but like what happens (laughs) between Matt and Lily, because this is a very weird thing for her to do. It's very out of character for her. And it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a weird moment. And you can tell Matt is like, okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah. When she, when she's talking to him in this weird voice, we then uh, cut to the Hannah concert that was mentioned earlier. And Hannah is dedicating the song one in a million, which we have not heard before 
uh, to her friend who was out having a great time, meaning Lily. And then Hannah sings like the first verse of One in a Million, and like she never gets to the chorus. They cut it off. <laughs> Which is too bad because I kind of like that song. It, I'm, I know it turns up more. Um, I know if nothing else, it's in like at least one of the Jake Ryan episodes. Yeah, it's very Jesse McCartney. That was the vibe I was getting. It is kind of a Jesse McCartney song with a little like, but like sung song. by a girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did make a note that like I don't know about the first two episodes, but this is the first time I have seen hannah montana like instead of uh, songs about like i am like a cute fun girl and i have two lives and that's my whole thing (laughs) now we have a song about like a boy i assume um i think it might she might have it be about friendship at one point but like hey homegirl's grown up she's like a sexual being now because we're horny as hell in this episode you know (laughs) the songs that we've had so far this season um are this we had true friend which is about friendship friendship, obviously (laughs) and then in the first episode we got make some noise which is kind of like an empowerment song it's like a slow ballad so yeah it is a bit of a departure i know there are some songs coming up that go back to the double life thing but this is three songs in a row that have nothing to do with a double life which i think is uh growth (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, and yeah, I, I did think it was weird that we don't even get to the chorus of One in a Million. I also assumed, as Hannah was doing the intro, that it was going to be True Friend again, because she talks about how it's for a friend of hers. But then it was One in a Million, which is like her new love song. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you're not in love with Lily. Um, or is she? Um, <laughs> Look, <laughs> I've watched that show. <laughs> Little by little, we will queer this space. Um, (laughs) That's what it's missing. Well, we've got Donzig now. (laughs) Okay, so um, you can cut this if you want, but I was shocked listening to that, that you did not feel that way as well. When when Courtney said it, I was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's gay as hell, of course. (laughs) I think I was just thrown by it because I wasn't expecting it and like I had never considered it however the more I have thought about it yes <laughs> obviously because I like I texted Courtney while I was listening to it she and I was like that you texted her I was like obviously he is yeah <laughs> if you haven't listened to our season one finale bad moose rising uh go get on that so you can know what we're talking about <laughs> Um, so Miley gets home from her concert. Uh, Lily is there like curled up on like their porch furniture looking really sad. And she's wearing this like very pretty dress. It it looks like a legit prom dress. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Matt stood her up at the dance and Lily waited at her house for two hours, which is so sad. Uh, and I felt so bad for her because it's so clear what happened and how Miley is the one that single-handedly fucked this up. Yep. Uh, But Miley, to her credit, is, like, she, like, jumps into action mode with, like, how upset Lily being sad is making her. Like, she is, like, very angry for Lily. Um, Lily stays the night and Miley's, like, up before Lily talking to her dad 
and Miley's like squeezing these oranges with her bare hands and they're just turning to straight juice. <laughs> like, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I thought that whole sequence <laughs> was funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, and there's like a running joke that I guess we've seen a few times before this of like Robbie Ray, like not really knowing how to talk to Lily, <laughs> like no matter what he says to her with like good intentions, she like is like, what do you mean? <laughs> The one that made me laugh out loud was when, like, Lily comes downstairs and she's like, mm-hmm. don't mind me. I'm just being sad. Keep going on your morning. And uh, Robbie Ray's like, do you want some bacon, Lily? And Lily's like, Lily, that's what Matt used to call me. <laughs> and Miley's like, way to go, dad. And he's like, that's her name. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so then later Miley and Lily are watching TV together and it's Teen Court. The only show on television. Yeah, (laughs) Miley's fine with it when it's in her own house. Just don't have any boys around, I guess. Uh, and there, it's like the part of the show where they're like, do you need justice? (laughs) Do you want to be on Teen Court? And they decide that they're going to take Matt to teen court in order to get justice for what he did to Lily. And then we cut to their episode of teen court. (laughs) And Matt enters looking very normal. Um, Although he's like dressed up. Everybody's like dressed up for this. I have a question about that. Um, Yeah. In order for Matt to make it to air... It seems like there's, like, many levels of consent that he would have had to give in order for this to happen. And I'm surprised that he was just, like, on board. It's not like a real court summons. <laughs> it's not yeah. like he has to show up. It's fake court. It's TV. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, like, contracts you have to sign. There's press releases. There's all this stuff. Um, and I'm surprised that he was like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really treat it like it's an actual legal proceeding for parts of it. Like, it's not like they... They like served him, you know, like no one went to his house and was like, you've been served. You need to appear on teen court on this day. Uh, Dress uh, just nice, you know, wear a tie. Yeah, it's going on TV. He had to like get a phone call and be like, hey, we hear you've wronged someone. And the person you wronged wants you to be on teen court. And he was like, "Okay, where do I go? Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, and then Miley and Lily enter. Miley is supposed to be dressed like a lawyer. <laughs> she's wearing like a tie and a blazer and she has her hair back in a bun and she's wearing uh, glasses for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Glasses are smart. And then enters the Honorable Judge Joe Barrett. Uh, he, uh, this is his only appearance in this, I'm pretty sure. Um, the actor's name is John Eric Bentley. Which is very similar to his character's name. Uh, he, I went to his IMDb. He does a lot of voice and video game acting. Like he's voiced like Nick Fury and like all the animated things and video games that Nick Fury is in. Oh, cool! And he was also apparently on two episodes of Wizards of Waverly Place. He's credited as Mummy. Oh shit! I know. I, I, yeah, you wouldn't have known that, that was him because he's all wrapped up. But yeah, that's like he's a actually dressed character. like a mummy. Yeah, he was like a like uh, there's a, a a mummy is prominently featured. It like moves the plot along in a big way. 
Well, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) I also, just as we're on the topic of uh, guest actors in this, um, Matt uh, is played by a gentleman named Bubba Lewis. That is his name. His IMDb page is a picture of him. It has to be before this episode because he looks even younger in it. Despite the fact that he's now in his 30s and is still acting. Oh. (laughs) So um, I was a little confused. He, like, had, like, a series regular on, like, a show on, like, MTV not that long ago. Oh, wow. Good for him. But his IMDb picture is, like, him as, like, a nine-year-old. So I was confused. Very funny. Um, This, however, is his only appearance on Hannah Montana, which is not how the way this episode ends would lead you to think things are going. Um, But this is the only time we see him, (laughs) just so everyone's aware. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently Judge Joe Barrett uh, pushed this case to the top of his docket because it hit home for him because he has a daughter. Lily is suing Matt for the cost of everything she needed basically to go to the dance. So like the cost of a dress, the cost of like makeup and shoes and a mani-pedi. And the judge is like, he, you got a mani-pedi for this? And he stood you up? (laughs) Like it's, it's very dramatic and it's also kind of fun. The judge is clearly very biased towards Lily. Yeah, it's already like a fixed court like yeah basically lets it slip multiple times like we're gonna let him pretend like he has a case but he doesn't and we're gonna rule in favor of you yeah so miley presents herself as being there to speak on lily's behalf because lily is so distressed (laughs) and miley goes into a very long-winded speech about what would have happened if men hadn't kept their promises across history and (laughs) She mentions it's it's filled with like so many like like obscure things. Yeah. <laughs> like she mentions Rutherford B. Hayes at the end of it. I'm like, how do you even know who Rutherford B. Hayes is? <laughs> that was someone who just had like an American history test. Yeah, someone who like just had to learn all the names of the presidents for like yeah. a quiz. Uh <laughs> the judge like calls Miley over basically to tell her to hurry it up. And I I didn't write down the specifics of what he says, but he basically is like, listen, if I don't dump food on somebody in the next five minutes, I don't think he says, like, the show will be canceled, but, like... He implies that, like, he'll be fired for being a bad host. Yeah. And he's like, and I don't need... I can't have that because I need this show to pay for my big boat. And he, like, holds up to frame picture of, like, a yacht that he owns. Yeah, I didn't like how they made that his thing. Like, he's a <laughs> character on his own without, like, him being a weird boat guy. <laughs> so, yeah. And then every time that Miley, like, speaks over the next p- part of it, he's like, hey, big boat. And he, like, points to the boat to, like, get her to, like, shut up and, like, hurry things along. Which, like, they just entered. Like, surely they have more time than six minutes to do a segment on this it's a film show there's no one calling like cut and hold and like all that stuff like there's like staging and things to fix you know there's no back are we to believe that this that this show is live like yeah i don't think so uh but so he like turns it over to matt to let matt at least say his piece and matt's like well i only changed my mind but lily changed everything and he says that he really liked the skater girl 
that Lily already was. And she that's the kind of girl he had a crush on. And so now Miley is the one in the hot seat because Lily's like, well, I only did all that because she told me to. <laughs> Which, like, it's like, yeah, she is the villain of this story. Miley yeah. is 100% the villain of this episode. And then Miley goes into, like, some bullshit about how boys don't actually know what they want and how they have to be told what they want. And I'm like, mm. <sighs> written by a man. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's also not true. <laughs> like, it just, it's, it's the kind of thing that girls tell themselves in order to let guys off the hook for their behavior, basically, and to instead make it the girl's problem for whatever the guy does, when it's like, actually, we're all human beings, and we all owe things to each other. Yeah, and then it also gives, you know, other people the opportunity to demonize women for... Exactly. Yeah. That, like, women just want to control you. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a bad thing. (laughs) It's bad. It... It plays into every nasty thing that uh, the gender binary forces upon. Yeah. Today on Hannah Montana Critical Gender Theory, we'll be discussing. Well, yeah, the teen court. <laughs> it's pretty much a big fucking nightmare. It doesn't get much worse than this, you know. Yeah, it's really, it's really, and Miley is presented as being in the wrong. But there's not enough... Okay, so what happens is (laughs) they decide that Miley is the one or the judge decides that Miley is the one who's going to get food dumped on her. They dump spaghetti on her and then they announce that they're also dumping a hearty tomato sauce. But it honestly just looks like some broth. Yeah, it just looks like juice. And yeah, and then they announce they're also dumping anchovies on her, but then they don't dump anything else. So, I wonder if it was, like, in, like, the sauce already, you know? Yeah, I was like, okay, because the spaghetti, when it fell, was sauce to spaghetti. Yeah. Like, it had sauce on it. So, maybe that was the tomato sauce. And then the thing that looked like broth was, like, anchovy juice or, like, anchovy puree or something because it didn't look like fish. Yeah, I think I recall when the first guy got oatmeal dumped on him. It was oatmeal and then also what looked like maple syrup all at once. Yes. Yes. My guess is also it was probably not their first take and perhaps they ran out of materials and they were just like, sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I would think they would kind of have to do it in one take because Miley like is like so clean and polished before that happens. Like her hair is very sleek and like styled there's also a universe where they did it on a day and they fucked it up and then they're like well we can't do it again until tomorrow <laughs> so now that yeah. tomorrow we got one shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but so they drop the food on her and then that's the last we see of it like so they drop the food on her and then lily and matt are over there like looking into each other's eyes intently because they can't make out because they're children yeah even though that's, like, what would be happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just them looking at each other and, like, looking dreamily and, like, leaning on their hand. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> and and Miley got the stuff dumped on her. And then that's, that's the end of the A-plot. <laughs> so the message for the whole episode is you need to be more like a girl if you want to get a guy. 
And then at the end, it's like, well, this guy liked this one girl exactly as she was. But then they, like, don't, like, have a resolution. They, like, don't have Miley, like, apologize. Yeah. They don't have Miley realize she was wrong. They don't have any comeuppance for Miley other than her getting food dumped on her. She does yeah. not She does not have any emotional journey <laughs> yeah. with what she has learned. She doesn't have a reckoning with how her belief system that is very fucked up messed with her friend's life. And how she put undue pressure on her best friend for just being herself. And, like, the fact that we don't get a scene that has a reckoning for that kind of lets the stuff Miley said kind of still just hang in the air. Yeah. Even though, like, it worked out in this one situation. But, like, the actual stuff Miley said doesn't get handily refuted in a way that's strong enough for it to not embed itself in the viewer's mind. Yeah, we have no assurance that she didn't walk off of teen court camera and be like, that was really unfair that he like flipped that on me. There's no sense of like that she learned. Um, Yeah. And that's not cool. Yeah, it, it kind of implies that like, well, Miley wasn't wrong about anything. She was just wrong about this one thing. Yeah. You know, in this one situation, <laughs> which is not the case. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is fucked. Yep. But, but so, yeah, I, I don't think it's a great message. I don't think it was handled particularly well. The episode was entertaining. I will <laughs> give it that. It was entertaining. It was fun to watch. However, if I was watching this for the first time as a 14-year-old girl, I don't know what I would think. Because when you're 14, maybe it's different now. I know that Gen Z is like a lot more aware of social constructs and issues and things like that. So I have hope. However, when we were 14, (laughs) no 14 year old actually has unspooled the internalized misogyny that we're spoon fed from birth. Yeah. You don't really start to pick that apart until you're older teens. Yeah. If not later. Yeah. And if I saw this messaging when I was 14, I would be a little concerned. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, concerned for, you know, what this could have put in young girls' heads. Yeah, I mean, is all. I did watch this when I was, like, 12, 13. Like, yeah, I me too. It when it aired. Um, me too. This specific episode. And um, I wasn't able to pick apart that kind of stuff until I was in college. And people, I had to take a class on it. That was, like, all news to me. Uh, Yeah. So, and I didn't date for a really long time. Perhaps that's why, you know? Not exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm thinking back, and it's like, you know, when you are that age, you definitely, not everyone, but, like, I know I, when I was that age, I would think a lot about how nice it would be to have somebody interested in me and to, like have like a nice boy (laughs) that would be nice to me and if i saw this i would think the message is well if you dress like this boys will notice you yeah because that's what happens (laughs) yeah you know and so i i don't think it's a i don't think it's uh good (laughs) that's what we're landing on i don't think it's good (laughs) agreed should we get into the b plot which is way sillier yeah let's get into the b plot (laughs) The, the B-plot actually 
kind of ends up ending in a sweet way. Not at like the very end of it, which I thought was kind of dumb, but like (laughs) the real resolution of it was like pretty sweet. Um, So we open the B plot with Jackson trying to win a radio contest to get courtside seats at the Lakers. Uh, Thor shows up, our good friend Thor. (laughs) This is his second appearance. Oh, Thor. (laughs) He shows up. Jackson has like 10 flip phones open on uh the like outside table uh which did he like go buy like a bunch of like cricket phones or something like a bunch of burner phones like i don't know how else this would have been possible i don't know that that was even that much of a thing back then yet like i know now you can get like a flip phone that just like has like prepaid minutes on it or whatever but I think back then that was just what cell phones were. So like if you wanted one, you had to like have a phone contract and like buy it from like the AT&T store or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um so I don't know if he borrowed people's phones or if he just dropped all of his like earnings from Rico's <laughs> on all of these burner phones just for this one contest. I guess they could come in handy in future radio contests. <laughs> but so Jackson has all these phones open trying to get through um, and then he gets through on one of them, but he can't tell which one it is. He's like, cause they're all on like dial tones, except for the one with the guy talking. Uh, and he's like tossing the ones that, uh, are just dial tones, like off into the bushes or whatever. <laughs> so maybe they are burner phones. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, uh, Thor is Thor. And so he like, he's like picking them up and he picks up the correct one. He's like, Oh yeah, uh, no, he can't talk right now. He's busy with something. <laughs> he like tosses. <laughs> He's busy throwing phones. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jackson's able to get it back though, and he won the tickets. Thor is like, "Wow, that's amazing!" You know, if I won those seats, I would totally take you. And Jackson is like, "Well, you know, I don't really know who I want to take yet." And Thor is like, oh, okay, I get it. But, like, he's, like, a little sad. And I'm like, where's Cooper? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what happened to Cooper? Did Cooper move away? <laughs> he's your best friend. Your contract didn't get renewed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Jackson ends up being like, you know what? Well, first Thor is like, you know, I <laughs> all of his friends from back when he was on his farm were cows. And he, like, talks about, like, their big brown eyes and their nice smiles. And Jackson's like, hey, Thor, you want to come to the game with me? <laughs> yeah, he does it out of pity. You can tell he's like, do you want to come to the game with me? <laughs> Cooper was probably his first choice if Cooper is still around. <laughs> yeah, I will say that, uh, like, Jackson... Jack, they could have so easily made Jackson just be an asshole to Thor and have that be their dynamic the whole time. But Jackson has been, like, albeit a little begrudgingly, he, like, is being friends with him, which yeah. I do think, I mean, it's, it, the bar is pretty low here. <laughs> but, like, I would have expected Jackson to just, like, constantly be trying to rebuff Thor. But instead, I mean, somebody had to invite Thor over for him to show up, you know? Like, so Jackson probably asked if he wanted to come over. um, Because I don't think Thor knew where Jackson lived before Uh that. (laughs) Jackson's really scoring points with me this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jackson... (laughs) 
Jackson, you're, we're used to him just being way worse than like everybody else, but like he was better than Miley was in yeah. this episode by like a lot. Uh, so uh, after Jackson invites him, Thor says that Jackson is the ice beneath his skates, <laughs> which. <laughs> Which is really sweet. Thor is very sweet. If if I were Jackson, I would like want to be friends with Thor. I'd be like, tell me more stories about your friends, the cows. Um, well, I get in this society where we care so much about what other people think. I get why he is trying to distance himself because Thor is not very socially capable. Um, no. I get why that's an issue. But it's nice that Jackson is you know, being nice and just cares about his feelings at least, you know? Yeah. He definitely cares about Thor's feelings, which, which is a definite improvement on Jackson's part. <laughs> like, even if he's not fully sold on Thor, he's like, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Uh, Robbie Ray that enters as soon as Thor leaves. And he's like, I heard on the radio. I can't believe we're going to the Lakers for courtside seats. Like he just completely assumes that Jackson will be taking him. And then Jackson's like, Ooh, cause he doesn't want to hurt his dad's feelings now. And then the next scene we get is Jackson going up to Thor's locker at school to basically tell him that like, he can't take him. He has to take his dad, which honestly, if he said to Thor, Hey, I'm really sorry. I would rather go with you, but my dad really thinks it should be the two of us. I think he would understand. I would understand if somebody said that to me, especially if you're in high school. Like, (laughs) yeah, it makes sense that like your dad would want to, I mean, you could frame it as your dad wants to chaperone you, even though that's not what this is. I, I think there are ways around this. I think he would be sad at first and then he would get over it. But Jackson seems to have a hard time with like the initial confrontation of it. And that's what him back. Thor turns around and he's holding a cake shaped like a basketball. And he's singing a song that's like the birthday song that they sing at restaurants. Um, but it's about the playoffs. <laughs> And it ends with, I hope you like this carrot cake. My mom made it for you. <laughs> and and Thor says that it has 13 pounds of cream cheese in it. God, that would stop your heart. <laughs> that is not possible in a cake of that size. It would have to be a solid ball of cream cheese and not be cake. It would just have to be decorated cream, uh, cream cheese <laughs> for it to weigh that much. <laughs> It's probably, yeah, just sugar and cream cheese in a ball. <laughs> like, if it has 13 pounds of cream cheese and a cake in it, that's like that's like a 16-pound cake. Yeah. And it would have to be, it would have to be, like, the size, I don't even know what, like, an apt, like, it would have to be, like, the size of, like, a large television or something like for it to have that much cream cheese in it it would have to be like one of those cake boss cakes that's like the size of a table you know (laughs) just so dense (laughs) so apparently thor's mom stayed up all night making this cake because she's so happy that thor finally has a two-legged friend and like i get i i get why jackson if if i were jackson i'd be like i have to go to the game with you now i get yeah (laughs) We're locked in I, 
I yeah, that that would be the deal breaker for me. I'd be like, you know, my dad would eventually get over it. If yeah. I, and, and like if I told my dad, hey, um, <laughs> yeah. here's the situation. Just bring the cake home and be like, he gave me this. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Uh Thor also says okie dokie artichokey a lot, which I think is really endearing. It like really <laughs> makes me like Thor. <laughs> yeah, with this really thick accent. So then we get a scene where Jackson is trying to uh, like tell Robbie Ray the like, hey, actually, you can't come to the game with me. But Robbie Ray's like on the phone bragging to somebody about how Jackson wanted to take him to the Lakers game. And he's like, Jackson could have taken anybody, but he chose me. And it's like, well, you entered and said we're going to the game. So Jackson made no such choice. Poor Jackson. <laughs> I really feel bad for him. Uh, but so then we cut to Jackson, his big plan for how he's going to get his dad to not want to go to the game with him. <laughs> Jackson is stuffing whoopee cushions under like every surface in the house. There, there's one under like every couch cushion. There's one under like the seat in one of like the bar chairs. And Robbie Ray comes in. Also, as he is putting those whoopee cushions places, the audience is just eating it up <laughs> with like a spoon. They're like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so good! It's gonna have such a good payoff." <laughs> So, uh, (laughs) Jackson's plan is to convince Robbie Ray that Jackson ate too many burritos. And if they go to the game together, Robbie Ray will be sitting next to Jackson, who will be stinking it up all night. Um, So, Jackson is, like, trying to play it cool while, like, sitting on each of the whoopee cushions and making them make fart noises and Robbie Ray's like buying it. He's yeah, like, "You're right. Thing. Maybe you should take somebody else. You're, you're right. No, no, I I shouldn't go. You 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 should take a friend." And it's totally going perfectly to Jackson's plan, which is like amazing. I can't believe it worked. Right. Um, <laughs> all I cannot believe <laughs> is for Robbie Ray to sit on one cushion. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I was. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting Robbie to be like Jackson, Rod, Stewart, um, but that didn't happen. Uh, so uh, Robbie is like buying into it, and then Thor enters, and he's wearing like one of those big rainbow afro wigs that like you get at like Party City or whatever you know, for the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> the rainbow team. Um, <laughs> um, and he's like shouting about how excited he is to go to the playoffs. And then Jackson is like, Thor, great timing. Do you want to go to the game? And uh, he's like gesturing at like Thor to be like, play along so that you can go. And, (laughs) and I laughed so hard at what (laughs) Thor says next. I had to pause. I was laughing too hard. I had to rewind it to show my boyfriend. Um, (laughs) he's jackson's like gesturing at thor like come on man like understand what i'm saying very pointedly and jackson goes or thor goes oh i get it you want me to lie and then he goes he stands up and he goes mr stewart is it all right with you if i lie in your house (laughs) (laughs) hi art (laughs) it's 
woke my dog up laughing. <laughs> she came over and like stretched her neck. Um, <laughs> and Jackson is like very distressed that he's been caught in this situation. And he's like scrambling. He's like, you know, you know what? Why don't you two just go together? I'll stay home. That way you both get to go. And I was like, that is so selfless. Like Jackson worked hard to get these tickets and he's just like, you know, I, I really screwed up in accidentally inviting both of you and you two just go. Cause I don't want you guys to miss out on it, which like, that is, that's, that's like growth for Jackson. So uh, let me know if I'm reading too much into this, but this kind of raised a red flag for me. This felt like a trauma response. This felt like, you know, I kind of noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, this felt like a response to like years of being pushed around by Miley for Hannah things. Cause he was very like, he was ready for Robbie Ray to be pissed. He was yeah. like, I just tell me that I'm a terrible person. Tell me that I fucked up. Tell me that I ruined this and just go without me because I don't even deserve to go. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Low stakes thing. You know, this is a low stakes thing. And I was like, are you okay? You know? Like, yeah. It I it took like the scene ending for me to be like, wow, Jackson was like really distressed in he that one. Like he didn't to get yelled at. Yeah, and he, like, didn't actually do anything wrong in the situation. Like, these other two people kind of forced themselves on him, and he just, like, so badly wanted to please both of them. Yeah. Like, and and not being able to do that, like, kind of broke him for a second. Yeah, it felt like him expecting a reaction, like, when Miley's like, what do you mean you can't drive me to the fashion show, you know? Like, it felt like <laughs> yeah. he was ready for something like that to happen. Yeah. Um, but basically, Robbie Ray's reaction is to like, it like kind of snaps him out of it. And he's like, oh my God, Jackson, I didn't even ask if I could go. I'm so sorry that like I put that on you. You and Thor go have a great time. And he reacts exactly how he should have. Yes. And, and I'm like, okay, that's the resolution. <laughs> And that's good. And then what happens for, like, the bumper of the episode is that Jackson, Thor, and Robbie Ray are at the game together. They traded their two courtside seats for three seats, which means they aren't sitting courtside. They're instead sitting in the very back row at the very top of the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> right next to the loudspeakers. I hope they got some money. No, no, no. No, the trade would be like three seats club level, which is still very nice. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, it, courtside all. seats, the disparity between courtside seats and any other seat is massive. Like you could still get three excellent seats for the price of less than two courtside seats. Yeah. Um, but I also thought, I mean, I get I get that it's like a nice resolution, like they were all able to go together and they compromised. However, if it were me, I'd be like, no, somebody's staying at home and we're having courtside seats. Like I yeah, and you're like, like Robbie Ray. Yeah, because he he's the one. That, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie Ray could afford courtside seats if he wanted to. Yeah, he's gonna pay the money. <laughs> and his own money, his own country music money. Oh my god. <laughs> Why do we never use that? Where's yeah, that what is going? it waiting for? God. <laughs> 
but but yeah, that's how the episode ends with them getting like knocked over by like the force of the sound coming out of the loudspeakers. And I'm like, boys, <laughs> there is a middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> there is one, I promise. And uh, that's the episode just to uh, touch base over in the catchphrase counter corner. <laughs> we had one sweet niblets and one dang flabbit, and I think that was it. Um, is okie dokie artichokey something now? I I guess that is technically Thor's catchphrase. I don't remember. And if that's the case, how... he said that like three times this episode. Yeah, I don't remember how much of a recurring character he is. I can't remember when he stops being a thing. If he stops, I think he has two more episodes after this, but I don't know when they are. Okay. I want him to be in every episode. <laughs> I think he brings some humility to Jackson. He does. I wish he would bring humility to everybody. <laughs> Hook him up with Miley. Like, they need to hang out. Yeah, he should be the one teaching everyone lessons. He should be like, Miley should be like, hey, Thor, how would you handle this situation with your friend? <laughs> and just do whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's the show's like wise sage you know he's the moral compass <laughs> well is there anything that we didn't touch on this episode that you would like to address i don't think so i think this was normally where we would talk about insane outfits but there was no lola yeah the only outfit of note in this episode was lily's makeover outfit which we touched on yeah yeah i think i'm fr- i'm thinking i'm fresh out yeah um not my favorite episode however a lot more entertaining than some previous episodes even though this one was like fundamentally fucked (laughs) yeah but those episodes i think make the most engaging discussions you know yeah yeah i can see that yeah well, uh, I guess that wraps it up. Alana, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on all of the popular social medias at Alana Fine Woman. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I also Twitch stream once a week, usually on Wednesdays at about 7 o'clock uh, West Coast time. Same username, Alana Fine Woman. Uh, I also host a podcast with my friend Christina called It's Broadway Bitch, where I, a theater person, sit down with her, a not theater person, force her to watch musicals, and then we talk about them. You can find that anywhere you find your podcast. It's called It's Broadway Bitch. Excellent. And uh, thank you so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll join us next week where we'll we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 4 of Hannah Montana. It's called Get Down, Study Uddy Uddy. Uh, I had to look that up just now. <laughs> I remember that. I have not watched it yet. Clearly. Is that the Me one too. It's, it's the bone dance. The bone dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dance and you learn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, everybody look forward to next week for the bone dance. Uh, and yeah, in the meantime, if you would like to follow the show, we are on Twitter at pumping up the pod and on Instagram at pumping up the podcast. And if you would like to follow me, I am on Twitter at lovely Lisey and on Instagram at actor Elise. And that about does it. Uh, we'll see you next week. And until next time, keep on pumping up the party. <laughs>